As I said already, we are going to be dealing with the day of battle. Let me read you uh, our kind of the story here, encapsulating truth. We're going to read verses 6 through 14. He says in Joshua chapter 10, beginning in verse number 6, And the men of Gibeah sent to Joshua to the camp of Gilgal, saying, Slack not thy hand from thy servants, come up to us quickly and save us. And help us, for all of the kings of the Amorites that dwell in the mountains are gathered together against us. So Joshua ascended from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly, and went up from Gilgal all night. And the Lord discomfited them before Israel, and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeah, and chastened them along the way that goeth up to Bethron, and smote them in Hezekiah, and unto Makeda. And it came to pass, as they fled from before Israel, and in the going down to Bethhoron, that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Hezekiah, and they died. They were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said, in the sight of all Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeah, and thou moon in the valley of Elgelon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, and hastened not to go down about a whole day. And there was no day like that before it or after it, that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of man, for the Lord fought for Israel. What an amazing statement there at the concluding of verse number 14, for the Lord fought for Israel. We've just concluded our revival services, great time around the Word of God and being challenged from the Spirit of God. Many decisions were made to do right. Commitments were made to God about changes that we were going to make in our life, about steps that we were going to take and things we were going to start doing or things we were going to stop doing. Some made commitments to family or friends about the changes they were going to make in their life. And oh, how I wish that that was the end of it. Oh, how I wish we could reach the point where we make a decision for God and it's settled. Amen. Wouldn't that be awesome? We just decide, yep, this is what I want to do and this is the direction I'm going and it's settled and done. But the fact of the matter is, is we have an adversary. We have the devil He's Satan, and he's a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And Satan is doing all he can to disrupt, discourage, and destroy the decisions that you made last week. I want you to know this morning that before us here, God has stepped on the scene. A group of people faced with an insurmountable task were helped by an almighty God. 
In chapter 10, it opens up with the five kings, and we didn't read the beginning verses, but there's five kings in the region that joined together. You see, they joined together because they had heard that the Gibeonites had somehow tricked the Israelites into kind of siding with them. These five kings figured, well, if we're going to whip the Gibeonites, then uh, we're going to have to join forces. That way we're sure to win the victory. So these five kings gathered together. They decided they're going to go and they're going to whoop the Gibeonites and take them on. But the men of Gibeon sent word to Joshua. They quite literally said, help, <laughs> we're in trouble. We need somebody to come to our aid. But you see, Back in chapter 9, and we're not going to turn back there and read it, but in chapter 9, you read the story about how the Gibeonites tricked Israel. You remember how they wore a bunch of dirty clothes and made it look like they'd been traveling for a long time? You see, because the Israelites weren't supposed to be making any pacts with the people in the land. They weren't supposed to be making any agreements. They weren't supposed to have any treaties. But these people, the Gibeonites, they tricked them, and they, they acted as though they had traveled from a long distance, and they were so weary and... They were able to trick them into making a promise to help protect them. Now, a lot of us today, if somebody did that to us, we would have said, well, they were deceitful. They lied to us. I, I mean, I ain't helping them. But uh, we see Joshua here. He keeps his promise. Joshua falls through on his word. You know, two wrongs never do make a right. Maybe somebody mistreated you, somebody was dishonest to you, maybe somebody did something that you didn't appreciate it, but it doesn't make it right for you as a Christian to disregard what God would want you to do to try and get back or get even or to, to balance the scales. Why don't you just turn that over to God? God says vengeance is mine, amen? We just let God have it, and you as an individual do right, and God will bless you. We see Joshua do that here. He comes to the Gibeonites' aid, even though they deceived him, tricked him. An amazing victory was wrought. But as we see this battle, there's some truths that I want you to be reminded of this morning. You see, the fact of the matter is, is you are right now, or will be soon, in a battle. You're going to have some type of a struggle or a hardship or a battle that you're facing. Some of you are facing a battle at work or will be soon. Some of you are facing some battles and some relationships that you have, some, some struggles, some things where you look at it and say, there's no way I can deal with this problem in this relationship and you need God to come on the scene. Some of you are dealing with some battles maybe uh, over some sin that you have in your life. And you've looked at this battle over sin and you've said, boy, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried, but I can't get the victory in this area. But God wants you to know that you can. God wants you to know that he's there and he's able to help you, to bring you through. As we heard as the opening song was, I'm on the winning side, hallelujah. All day today, the songs and the testimonies of, of the music that we've sung has been about being a soldier for the cross of Jesus Christ. Right. About standing and knowing that in the worst of times you can still trust him. So I want you to see this morning that God is an ever-present help in time of need. 
And so first we will note the supernatural assistance that was given here. Look at verse number 8. And the Lord said unto Joshua, fear them not. First of all, beloved, I want you to know that God supernaturally is able to give you a peace in your heart, a peace that path this understanding, a peace that you carry with you into the battle that nobody else has. The presence of God's peace, John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. What a joy to be able to have peace, amen? No matter the turmoil, no matter the struggle, no matter the battle, ultimately you know that God is on the throne and that you're on the winning side and that it's going to be okay because he is still God and he loves you and whatever comes about, God is in, in control. The presence of peace. He says, fear them not. In order for you to have the peace, at God, uh, the peace of God, first of all, you have to have peace with God. Can I ask you, have you made peace with God? Have you come to him as you are? Uh, a sinner. Listen, you're not telling God anything he doesn't know. God already knows exactly who you are, exactly what you're made of, exactly what kind of a man or a woman you are. And he loves you anyway. Matter of fact, he loves you so much he sent his son to die on the cross for you. And he has extended the hope of heaven, the promise of salvation and forgiveness. If you'll just come as you are, confess your sin, and trust the gift of his son and his sacrifice on the cross, you can have peace with God. And when you have peace with God, you know there's nothing between you and God. Then that peace will be with you wherever you go. And whatever battle you're facing, whatever struggle you're dealing with. If you haven't done it, would you make peace with God today? Well, not only do we see the supernatural assistance in the peace that he brings, but we see the supernatural assistance in the promise of victory that he gives. Look at verse number 8. He says there, and the Lord said unto Joshua, fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. He has promised them victory. Can I tell you this morning that God's promised you victory? That God has given you here a book that's chocked full of promises that you can take to the bank. These are promises that will not fail. These are promises that are not going to come up short. These are promises that you can carry with you in every struggle that you face. You have God Almighty, the creator of the universe, the savior of your soul that has made some promises to you. He has said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He has said, lo, I am with you always. God, the savior of your soul is the source of your victory. He has promised you some victory in this life. And I want you to know you need to rest on him. Listen, beloved, God didn't reach down from the portals of heaven and take some of his precious sons, shed blood and cover your wretched soul and forgive you of your sin just so that you could live a defeated life by the enemy. No, God expects and wants you to have victory. 
He has forgiven your soul. He's put you on the winning side. And he said, victory is yours. And I'm going to help you to have it. He says in Romans 8, 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. It's not something that we can do ourselves, but it's available through him. Beloved, this doesn't mean that every circumstance in life is going to be sugar and spice and everything nice. You might face some struggles. We're talking about the day of battle. You're going you're to be going into battle sometimes. But as you do it, you do it with the presence of God. Not only does he give his peace, does he give a promise, but we see here that he gives supernatural power. Look down at verse number 11. He says, and it came to pass as they fled from before the Lord and went to go down into Beth Horon, that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Ascaiah, and they died. They which were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. That is quite amazing. God said, he looked at the battle and he says, you know what, this is going to be a little too much for you guys. I'm going to take care of this part. You see this here? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to take care of this. And, and God sent hailstones. So many hailstones of such a size and nature that it wiped out an entire force of the enemy. And, and the, the number was greater than that which the children of Israel even faced in battle. God did a supernatural thing. Can I tell you that sometimes God will, in a supernatural way, fight your battle for you? He will and wants to do magnificent, miraculous things for you. God can and will and has. I, I have heard people's personal testimonies and talk about the miraculous thing that God did. They've been battling this sin in their life. They've been struggling over this area of their life for maybe years and years. But they got serious with God. They got alone with God. They begged God for deliverance. And in a matter of one day, one day God gave them a miraculous victory over sin that held them for years and years and years. God said, okay, I understand. I see where you are. I know what you're going through. I'm going to take that appetite from you. I'm going to take that passion from you. I'm going to remove that desire so you'll no longer have to fight that battle. Hallelujah. God will do it for you. He can do it for you. He has the miraculous ability to do it. I was talking to Brother Gordon this last week and he was telling me how they went to the mission field and they went to the mission field undersupported. They, they only had 70% of what they had planned to go with and what they planned to go with really wasn't enough to start with. But what he didn't know is that when they got to the mission field, God said, oh, that's okay. I've got this taken care of. They went and found some housing and the housing that they wanted, the guy says, oh, you're a missionary? Listen, don't worry about the rent. You get to live here rent-free for two years. God miraculously fought that battle for them. God said, oh, I see you don't have sufficient means. I see where you're at. I see what you're going through. And I'm going to come on the scene. And what's going to happen is going to be something miraculous. What's going to happen is something that can't be explained any other way. But God, 
but God. But God, and I want you to know this morning you have peace as you go into the struggle, as you face the battle, and you have God's presence, the promise of his victory, and you have his power as you go through it. It's a supernatural thing that God can and wants to do for you today. Sometimes God just takes care of it. But I want you to know that sometimes God expects you to work for it. It would be so much easier if God would just do it. If God would just do it. He can. I believe it wholeheartedly. But I've seen other people battle. I've seen other people labor through. You know, I believe with all my heart that God could heal Miss Leanne this morning. He could take care of that. The doctors this afternoon would be wondering what in the world, how, how, how I believe God could do it. We pray that he would. But sometimes in his infinite wisdom beyond our understanding, he chooses that we go through the battle. He said, there's some measure of this fight that you're supposed to take on. You see, Joshua didn't stay home from the battle. Joshua and the men didn't just say, oh, you need some help? Okay, Lord, will you take care of that? No, they got up and they marched through the night, all night to get there, and they went into battle. There was some measure of the battle that they were supposed to take on. Look at verse number 12. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered the Amorites before the children of Israel and said into the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon. And the moon in the valley of Eljon, and the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until what? Until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Now again, God came on the scene in a miraculous way and caused the sun and the moon to stand still. And people that know a whole lot more about the progression of time and how you can track days with, with, with uh, the sun and the moon and all of that, like they can tell you there's going to be a comet that's going to be visible in 22 years right from now. They, I don't know how they do all that. But they say, people a lot smarter than me, they say they can track through history and they, they find a day that's missing. In, in, and I don't have time to get into the, to the science of it. But it doesn't matter if you start at the beginning of time and track through history or you start now and track back through time. The, 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 as far as the sun and the moon and the traveling of the, of the planets, there's a 24-hour period missing. And that's where it is. Right here, God did it in a miraculous way for them. But he did it, why? So that they could fight. What I'm saying is they had a fight, to t- they had a fight on their hands. It was a hard fight. It was a long fight. They, they couldn't quite finish it in the day. They needed some more time to avenge themselves. And so secondly here, we see the strategic approach to victory. There's an aspect of this that God expects us to handle. There's some labor that we are to invest. There's some fighting that we must do. And you and I need to take some strategic steps to ensure that we have victory. Some of you might be facing some financial battles. But you know, you've been facing these financial battles, the same ones for 5, 10, 15 years. I mean, come on. How long do you expect to keep doing the same thing 
and expect to have a different result. That is the definition of insanity. You're dealing with this battle, but you've been dealing with it for a long time. Nothing's changed. What I'm saying is, why don't you start practicing some biblical principles with your finances? You see, the problem is, is you're expecting God to send you $50,000 out of of thin air somewhere. And that's going to fix your problem, right? Somehow you're going to find that million dollars that I've been dreaming about for so long. It's just going to show up. You're just going to, that million dollars is going to, going to show up somewhere. And then all of a sudden, all your problems are going to be fixed. You know, I watched a little thing this week on uh, like the, the, the top 10 um, lottery winners. You know, most of them in less than 10 years are back on food stamps. At millions of dollars. You know, the problem is not how much money you have in the bank. The problem is you. You need to start implementing a strategic plan to achieve victory. Oh, I know it would be a lot easier if God would just do it, boy, if he would just dump money from heaven on us. Hallelujah. Didn't get any hallelujahs from you guys. Oh, I would be happy with that. Amen. (laughs) I want to build a building someday over here. I'll be happy if God dumps it on all of you and you just tithe. (laughs) God will meet the need one way or the other, amen? But he says, hey, there's some battling to be done. You might need to get serious, get strategic. Realize it's not just going to happen. You know, um, we see here in verse 6 through 18 that Joshua confines the enemy. We're not going to take time to read it, but they, they, these, these five kings, they run and they hide in, in some caves. And Joshua goes and he tells his guys, hey, we don't have time to deal with them right now, but why don't you close the front of that cave up so that they're stuck there and we'll deal with them later because we got to go chase these guys. We're going to go over here and get them. So they cover up the cave. They lock them in there so those five kings are stuck. He said, we'll get back to them later. You know, sometimes you might need to just confine the enemy. That old devil is a sly old fox. If I could catch him, I'd put him in a box. Lock the lid and throw away the key for all those tricks he's played on me. I know we really can't lock up the devil. You know what? Too many of us are letting even our own flesh dictate and rule our lives. We might need to just lock them up. We might need to just put, just put our foot down and say, okay, this is what's right. This is what I'm going to do. You know why obesity is a problem in America? Because people don't know how to say no. Getting awful quiet in here. You, you, can, you can blame it on McDonald's all you want, but nobody told you that you had to go to McDonald's and eat. This country is so backwards in their thinking. They're, they're going to go take the fruit of a problem and try and fix it instead of going to the root of the problem. Right. It's just learning to say no. It's just having self-discipline. It is fighting the battle yourself. What do you have in your life that's out of control? Is it your tongue? You need to lock it up. Is it your anger? 
Is it your lust? Your passions? Your pursuit of the American dream? Discontentment? What is it that's out of control that you need to lock up that you can have victory as a Christian? We see Joshua confines the enemy, but he also conquers the enemy. Look in verse number 19. And stay ye not, but pursue after your enemies and smite the hindest most of them. Suffer them not to enter into their cities, for the Lord your God had delivered them into your hand. You see, he had a strategic plan of how to overcome the enemy. He said, you're pursuing the enemy, don't stop. You've got to keep going, don't give up. They're going to be a problem if we don't deal with it right now. He said, I want you to take those that are the hindest most, take those that are along the back, I want you to take those out, keep pursuing them because God has promised you the victory, but there's a part of it that you have to do. I know that we want victory. We want complete and full victory in one day. We want all temptation to be removed. We want all of a sudden to be a super Christian and like just having an experience in victory without any struggle. Well, beloved, it doesn't happen that way. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes consistency. You see, we, we, especially in our modern society, and it's been progressing this way forever, I watched a short documentary this week on juicing on these bodybuilders. They're talking about kids 10, 11, 12 years old that are shooting up steroids because they want to, uh, they want to get big. You see, that's the problem, is they want to get big, but they don't want to put in the work. And so they want to take the drug that's going to make it happen. And we as Christians are looking for a drug that's just going to make us super Christian, that's just going to give us spirituality, that's just going to make us powerful instead of doing the work of being in our Bible and walking with God every day and day by day fighting that battle and seeing victory given to us in and through the power of God and gaining our strength that way. You don't become a super Christian in one day any more than you could wake up tomorrow and bench bench press 300 pounds. Brother Hunt, he's a pretty strong guy. I don't know. Let's say, let's say 200 pounds. He, he, he might could bench press 200 pounds tomorrow. Imagine he could do a push-up, and he's probably 200 pounds, so he probably could bench press 200 pounds, but I don't think he could bench press 300 tomorrow. What do you think? But you know what? If he put in his heart and mind that I want, I want to bench press 300 pounds, he started going to the gym... Two or three days a week, four days a week, five days a week, spending a little bit of time exercising and building some strength, he could get there. And that's what we need to do as Christians. We need to have a strategic plan to achieve victory. Oh, I know the first point was a whole lot funner. Whole lot more cheering and a whole lot more amens when we're talking about God supernaturally knocking out the enemy. 
God's going to take care of it. Hallelujah. God's going to wipe them out. God's going to solve the problem. And I believe that he can, but sometimes he expects you and I to do our part. But that's the hard part. But victory is ours if you'll get up tomorrow morning and get in the word. If you'll spend some time on prayer. If you'll confess your sin, keep short accounts before God. Saying, listen, I failed today. I messed up today. This is not what I want to do. I I don't desire to be this person. Lord, help me to be more like your son. You confess and forsake that and you, you, you take some steps for the Lord and you can have victory. But you got to do your part. Lastly, we see the satisfying awareness of victory. As you move into the latter part of chapter number 10 and even chapter number 11, we see Israel completing the central campaign. They experienced victory over their enemies. Oh, they they fought many battles. They had to stay at it. They kept going. Look down in verse number 30 of chapter 10. And the Lord delivered it also, and the king thereof, into the hand of Israel. And he smote it with the edge of the sword, and all the souls that there therein. And he let none remain in it, but did unto the king thereof as he did unto the king of Jericho. Beloved, daily battling builds strength. Daily battling builds strength. And you will get stronger and stronger. I know right now things seem impossible. Right now, the battle seems overwhelming, but you can have victory. If you'll just take it one day at a time, and maybe with those greater battles, it's one hour at a time. But one hour at a time, in and through the power of God. Tomorrow is not going to be any easier to start the battle. Sometimes Satan deceives us for weeks and months and years thinking, oh, I, I know I need to do that, but I'm going I'm to start that tomorrow. It's like me on my diet. I'm going to start that tomorrow, amen? <laughs> I'm going to start that tomorrow. Yep. After I have this chocolate cake, which <laughs> you know it's not me if it's chocolate cake, but <laughs> after I have this cake and vanilla ice cream, and we had about two and a half gallons of vanilla ice cream left. Now, I don't know how much it was, but we had a bunch, and that was good ice cream. We ate some of it at a fellowship the last night of the revival. But that's good ice cream. You talk about temptation, man. It's in the fr- fr- freezer downstairs. I'm in my office. Man, there's a whole thing of ice cream down there calling my name, you know. <laughs> okay, tomorrow I'm going to start listening. It's not going to get any easier tomorrow. You need to daily fight the battle. Dedication to the battle brings victory. Look at chapter 11 and verse number 18. Chapter 11, verse number 18. Joshua made war. What does it say there? A long time with all those kings. This wasn't a battle that Joshua won in one day or or that God brought the victory at one time. No, he made war, he made battle a long time. What I'm saying is dedication to the battle ultimately brings victory. He was serious and he just kept at it. 
Could I implore you today, take the word quit out of your vocabulary. Just keep on keeping on for God. Keep fighting the battle. Yes, Satan has knocked you down, but get back up again. Yes, you faltered and you failed in an area, but God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness and you can get up again and you can get back into the battle again. Do you know what brings victory? You know the, the equation for victory? I'll give it to you. Failure plus failure plus failure plus failure, plus failure, plus failure, plus failure, plus failure, plus failure equals victory. Just don't quit. I was reading this this week about one of our former presidents, and forgive me, I don't remember the which one. We're talking about early American history here. I don't remember which president he was talking about, but uh, his friends were commenting they were talking to some reporters and doing a little thing about him, and, and his friends were like, I don't understand how he ended up president. He said he, he was nothing in school. I mean, <laughs> you know what? When we were in school, this guy right here, and he points to some other guy that they were all buddies with, with, the, with the president. He said, this guy right here could whip him three out of four times. And the reporter wisely said, how is it there was a fourth time? That's why he became president. Because you might have whipped him in the first three, but he didn't stay down. He got up. You want to be a successful, victorious Christian? Satan might whip you. But are you going to stay down? Or are you going to get up? Beloved, you will get stronger. You will get stronger. It does get easier. Can I tell you, there's things in my life that many years ago were a great battle for me. That today, they don't even enter my mind. Today, I don't even, it's not, it's not a struggle at all. God has given me the strength or has granted me the victory, whatever the process it is, it's something that's not even a struggle at all in my life anymore. And what I want you to know is right now, Satan has his, his, uh, foot on your neck and saying you're never going to win. But if you'll just start the battle, God will give you the victory. And you'll get stronger and stronger. And you'll get to the place where what you used to think was such a hard thing, it's really not that hard, that God has delivered you or given you the strength to accomplish it. How many of you ever done any long distance running? Any, any, any few of you? I, I, I'd done a little bit. I, I, not in a while, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, you get out there, you decide you're going to run 10 miles, you're going to run 15 miles. And you, you don't do that your first day. You, you run one, and about halfway there, you're thinking, what did I commit to? <laughs> one mile? Oh, my goodness. This, uh, this is going to kill me. I can't do this. This is only one. And I'm talking about doing, t- you, you're just like, no way. But you push through. You keep going. Maybe you slow down a little bit, but you just keep pushing and you get to the end and you think, 
I made it. But you know when you get to that point where you're running five or ten miles every day, one mile doesn't even hardly warm you up. It's like, oh, that's nothing. One mile, yeah, I can run a mile, hardly even get winded. And that's what I'm saying happens to you spiritually. If you'll get into the battle and just start fighting and let God give you strength, you'll get stronger. In this Christian race that we're in, you won't feel like you're dying all the time. That's the worst feeling, isn't it? When you feel like you're just dying, like it's just too much. You don't want to live like that. Let God give you the victory. One day we know we're going to be delivered from this whole mess. One day. Until then, we've got some struggles. I'm going to ask the pianist to come and begin the invitation. Beloved, one day the battle is going to be over. And you'll be so happy that you were faithful to the end. Amen? You'll be happy you were faithful. The songwriter said, When engulfed by terror of tempestuous sea, unknown waves before you roll. At the end of doubt and peril is eternity. Through fear and conflict seize your soul. But just think, of stepping on shores and finding it heaven, of touching a hand and finding it God's, of breathing new air and finding it celestial, of waking up in glory and finding it home. You know, one day the battle here will be done. Between now and then, we've got to keep fighting. We've got to do our part.